Rebecca. You've, it's been a while for you. You want to do it? Cool, cool, cool. Hello, everyone. Listeners and others. Book enjoyers of all ages. <laughs> Eavesdroppers. <laughs> Eavesdroppers. People who aren't listening. People who wandered in by chance. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the podcast, specifically the Fire the Cannon podcast. So take us away, Rachel. <laughs> I'm Rachel. I'm the host of this podcast. Who you just heard was Becca. She's a co-host. It's not just books that we talk about. We normally read the books (laughs) slash poems in the Western canon, and we decide if we think they belong or not. They don't belong. We fire them. And I think you get to hear a delightful little canon fire sound, although our producer has been a little lax in inserting that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm Jackie. I'm the other host of this podcast. I'm also the producer. Um, I've not yet started calling myself the executive producer like Theo did. Hallowed be his name. Pour one out. Well, that precedes quitting the pod. So maybe (laughs) take a while before you do that. Well, everything precedes quitting the pod. (laughs) Except anything he does now. Like everything he ever did. Also, everything that he does now precedes him rejoining the pod. Like there's no plans for him to, but... Yeah. I mean, he's not on it, so technically all he can do now is get back on. You know, on my mom was quit. worried that he had joined back. She was like worried. She, she just she texted <laughs> me out of nowhere like yesterday and she goes, "Is Theo back?" And at first I was like, "Wait, does she mean in North Carolina?" And I'm like, "Oh." And I said, "No, he's just doing a guest episode." And she goes, "What about Becca?" And I was like, <laughs> "Becca had an exam." And she goes, "Oh, okay, good." <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, Hey, mom. It's funny because, you know, obviously our mom likes you more. And I think Nell, whenever Theo's on, Nell rejoices. But she's she makes it clear she also likes you. But she's oh. always like, yay, Theo. Thanks, <laughs> Nell. I appreciate it. Can I say, Nell, um, I hope this doesn't embarrass you, but you said some really, really cute things about Becca. But <laughs> this might make you afraid to, like, ever message me anything privately again. <laughs> You're going to be like, is nothing sacred? Is all going to go on the podcast? Doesn't sound like her. <laughs> is nothing sacred? <laughs> that sounds like something Nell would say, is nothing sacred? <laughs> she would probably say something like, wow, I didn't know Jackie was going to talk about what I said on the pod. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the point is, I'll ask Nell if it's okay for me to leave this in. But I had complained on the last episode that I'm not anyone's favorite. Oh, you complain about and... that a lot, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. And I'm until someone tells me I'm their favorite, I'm going to keep well. fucking doing it. So I was definitely hoping for some uh, compliments. Now, Nell said, since you said you're no one's favorite, I wanted you to know that yours and Paige's episode of um, Inside the Mind of a Child Genius are by far my favorite. So Inside the Mind of a Child Genius is Theo's other podcast, which he occasionally puts out with his cousin Joseph. It involves reading stories that they wrote as children. It's very funny. I appear on it. My episodes, of which there are two, and Paige's episode, uh, Paige's Theo's His cousin-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Arnell's favorite. I thought it was so funny that she was like, since you said you're no one's favorite, I just want you to know that you and this Aww. other girl right. are Right. Since my you're nobody's number one, I just want to let you know you're co-number one. It's yeah. better than nothing. Exactly. No, it is. It's very I mean, the, very here's nice. the crazy thing is Jackie will not stop complaining about this. And literally like one person said Theo was her favorite. So she's just down by one. 
and my dad. My dad <laughs> okay, said oh, that is your rough. Dad. That's pretty rough if your <laughs> dad likes Theo more. One of the patrons quit just because Theo yeah. left. So anyway. When, when you quit, it says like, oh, what's the reason that you quit? And normally people say stuff like, oh, I, you know, I ran out of money or not ran out, but like I have to tighten the budget. <laughs> and, and I this gave person, you my last dollar. Fire the cannon. My family is done. This person's response was Theo's gone. Frowny face. <laughs> it said R.I.P. Theo. Frowny oh, R.I.P. Theo. R.I.P. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. Anyway, so then um, she said, on fire the cannon, I can't choose between you and Rachel, but I still get excited when there's a new one. Becca is a wonderful new addition. Quote, you brush your teeth for yourself at night, you brush them for other people in the morning. (laughs) And I said, that is so sweet. And this is true. Every time I brush my teeth, I think about that, Becca. I think if it's nighttime, this is for me. I'm doing this for (laughs) me. in the morning, I think this is for other people. And Nell said, well, I'm old. I just do both. And I was like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is it like on trend to only pick one but you're old so you no do both <laughs> you know you also brush your teeth for your dentist so the evening brush is for you and your dentist a little treat that you both share <laughs> i brush my teeth before i visit the dentist no matter what time of day it is. that doesn't do anything no, you need to do it every single evening every single evening I- what do you mean it doesn't do anything? Isn't it true that brushing your teeth like right before they can tell? Yeah. And there's actually a specific amount of time that you can start brushing your teeth that we can't tell, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Becca! Becca! Secret dentist knowledge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to text it's my dad. <laughs> no, he better not tell. <laughs> well, he's not really, he's not bound by the dental code. He's a periodontist. What is the dental code? You know how like doctors take that oath that's like, First, do no harm. What is the dentist code? Like, first, don't tell anybody how long you can brush your teeth before your appointment. I wish that was it, but it's the same. You still have to do the Hippocratic oath. The first rule of dental club. (laughs) But the second rule is, yeah, don't tell people how long how long they need to start. Don't tell people the secret amount. (laughs) Yeah, and it's flossing too, brushing and flossing. I know. You know, somebody... Let me just say what I'm going to say about flossing, Jackie. (laughs) Say what you're going to say, what you need to say. Somebody the other day was like, I brush my teeth every day, but I never floss. And I was like, whoa, if you had to choose in terms of getting rid of plaque, I think flossing is better. It is. She was like, what does that mean? I should only floss and not brush? And I was like, no, but you must floss. And then you also (laughs) should brush on top of that. So she took from that... What are you saying? I shouldn't brush or floss? Like, yeah, I must she's like, should I just one? do nothing then? Because I ain't flossing. Yeah, apparently there was a study and most people would rather clean the toilet than floss. What? I thought that was kind of shocking. Ew. Yeah. What? Like they they say they would rather do it or they just they clean the toilet more I often? I don't know, like ranking what those, why is that I the I guess other they were choice? just trying to see which unpleasant <laughs> tasks, I guess people like the least and they like flossing less it's not that flossing is unpleasant right unless you never floss then it's unpleasant but that's oh yeah it fault. does hurt if you don't floss and then you start flossing it hurts <laughs> okay so one of the most embarrassing things mm-hmm. do you is it when hear? your gums bleed at the dentist no um oh. it's i so i think i've talked about this before rachel and i used to love this website oh, called okay. crack.com mm-hmm. cracked <laughs> not crack we used to love crack <laughs> we used to love crack but crack or drugs uh neither we we did not it was love- a website it was like a humor website which paid its writers by the way and it's it's either gone now or it's gone like totally ai oh. um 
I haven't visited it for years because it just wasn't interesting anymore after a while. But it used to have like really good funny articles. It'd be like top 10 weirdest things in the world or whatever. <laughs> Which doesn't but. sound that good, but they were good. They were, they were, they were pre-Buzzfeed really BuzzFeed and they, they literally had like staff writers who were funny people who would write these things. It wasn't like community posts. Right. Yeah. They researched, they gave sources, they were actually funny comedians. They weren't just like trawling things from Reddit and then reposting them. So anyway, um, so I read an article about like here are some weird health things that like people think they know but they really don't know. And one of them was it actually turns out that flossing doesn't matter. What? And they like linked some sources. It was like this is, I don't know, um, a conspiracy by Big Floss or something. Big Floss? It turns out that, yeah, (laughs) in studies that saying that you actually don't have to floss. And I was like, okay. And I stopped flossing. That's Jackie, no. For like a year. That's not true. Yeah. Because then I went to the dentist and they were like, you have gingivitis so bad that you're one step away from bone (gasps) loss. And I was like, oh shit, I shouldn't have taken health advice from Kraft. (laughs) You're you're one step away from bone (laughs) loss. Did you tell the dentist why? Yeah. I was like, you're full of shit. I read this article on Kraft that said I didn't have to floss. (laughs) No. I think I didn't really truly think that hard about it. I was like... Oh, well, they're, you know, they're probably saying that for a reason and I don't want to floss. So all I did was I started cleaning the toilet obsessively every night. (laughs) That's a joke, right? You didn't really do that. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's a joke. But I really did stop flossing for a long time. So then they told me that. And of course, I started again. And now I have a really good. And, you know, it's Becca, you can tell me if this is extra embarrassing. Maybe this is just normal. But every time I would go back every six months, I would have the same hygienist and she would say, oh, yeah, like, your gums are definitely better. And I'd say, you must have seen, like, a thousand people in the last six months. Do you really remember that my gums are better than they were? And she was like, yeah. Whoa. (laughs) I've already bragged about my teeth on the podcast, so I don't know if I need to do it again. Yeah, I would – if someone's gums were really bad, especially if it was, like, all of a sudden, like, they didn't used to be bad, and then one day they were just terrible – and I'd be like, what happened? And they'd be like, oh, I just stopped flossing. I just cleaned your teeth yesterday. A humor website. <laughs> I would remember. Yeah, I would remember Be- how bad they were. This comedian on the internet told me it was fine. Uh, Becca, have you ever had a cavity? No, I haven't. Oh, wow. How about you, Jack? Yeah, I've had two. I didn't have my first one in- until I was Were like, they interproximal, old. Jackie? Because you weren't she flossing. Oh. I mean, aren't most cavities like yeah, no, they're in between. There's the teeth. a lot of occlusal cavities. Oh yeah, well, not my nice. mouth. Okay. Not in my mouth. Because <laughs> you don't floss. <laughs> I do. I floss now. Okay. It was one year, a, a mere one year of my life. Actually, Becca, we should chat sometime because there's several things that you could see in a person's mouth that you really only see in a person's mouth that are signs of teeth. A genetic disorder. Ooh, yeah. Let me know about that. Yeah, you want yeah. me to quiz you? By fit uvula. A bifid uvula. Mm. I feel like, okay, the only one I know of the bifid uvula is the one where they like had a midline problem. And those are like, usually they're severely, they would know well before I would know that they have something going on, you know? The other sign that you can see in the mouth of the same syndrome is lip pits. It sounds familiar. It's Vanderwood syndrome. Oh. Do you even know that, Becca? Yeah, I did. I do remember learning that bad boy. But I will say this is bad of me, but I don't think I want to be an oral pathologist. 
I'm going to refer those guys out. I don't think that's bad. <laughs> I don't want to be one either. <laughs> this is yeah. really bad of me, but I don't want to be an oral pathologist. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> All right. Oh, but here's the big thing I need to tell you guys since I don't, I'm the one who doesn't read. Getting another couch? No. <laughs> okay. Yes. I have to go meet my book club ladies tomorrow for the book that <gasps> we're reading. Ooh. It's called, what's it called? Sea Spot Run. The Sweetness of Water. No, Sea <laughs> Spot Rebecca, you need to tell them that you're on a book podcast or so help me God. <laughs> oh, you're right. I better tell them. You I need to like literally, time. what time does your book club meeting start? Because I want you to put a notification in your phone. PM. Put a notification in your phone for like 5.59 or you will forget. But is this your first meeting with them? This is our third meeting, but I missed the second one. So this is my okay. third, my second meeting. I was going to say, you can't just bring this up at the first meeting. Like She just think, joined the to only tell us. Yeah, she's just here for the clout. <laughs> okay, well, it's her third. Yeah. It's her second meeting. <laughs> There's going to be like a news bulletin where it's like, be on the lookout for this girl. She's joining book clubs all over the tri-state area. <laughs> we can't catch her. She comes to one meeting and she plugs her podcast. All right, well, we should start talking, but I also have like a couple of funny stories to tell. But we can, like, sprinkle those in whenever. I'm ready. All right. mm-hmm. This one's for the girls. That's what I thought about, right? Because we're The on girls slash the gays. Yeah, hot girls, hot gays, hot goth Pride summer. month. Yeah, we are, we mm-hmm. are doing a, a little thing. So we are covering the poetry of Sappho and the, the poetry of Herman Melville in the form of Moby Dick. And then we're also... Yeah, we're doing uh, Moby Dick. Moby the, Dick for the gays. The poetry of and then Mary Yeah, and then Frankenstein, Frankenstein for the goths. Is Moby Dick a gay book? Sailors. Okay, fair enough. Sailors. Yeah, everybody on this podcast <laughs> has asked Rachel that, and she's always like, yeah, it's always gay. There's also homoeroticism, know, which we'll discover on our own. What, between Ahab and the whale? Well, no, I think it's, it's between, I believe it's between Ishmael and Queequeg. <laughs> It's called Moby Dick, Becca. You're, you're like, excuse me? <laughs> Becca has a piece of salad hanging out. Also, of I don't want to be crass, but I just there is dick in the title. Oh That's what I just said. <laughs> well, I, I was already crass yeah, for you. Crass. You have to do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was thinking to myself, I said, this one's for the girls. And then you know that song from, I don't know what year it was, This like one's for the girls, yeah, whoever the girls. had a broken heart, who asked upon a broken star, you are beautiful the way you are. A shooting star. It's a shooting star. Uh, I said shooting star. Anyway, I was saying this. You said a broken star. star. I said it, who has ever had a broken you heart? You said broken wished upon a sh- you said wished, wished upon, upon a, a broken star. star you said both we'll hear it we'll when the episode comes out <laughs> the truth will come out eventually you are beautiful broken star wait a second i have to say i just googled moby dick gay and it said it features gay marriage which i forgot but it was between the people i thought it was oh wait oh yeah they it is a gay oh. marriage and there's like massages between Ooh. Sailors. I thought you were going to say misogyny. <laughs> misogyny. <laughs> Massages. It's when a man refuses to massage a woman. <laughs> I'm going to use that against Steven. I wish that's all it was. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a good one. Well, if you spell it the way that it would be spelled, if it was misogyny, then it would be like the treatment for hysteria that Tolstoy talks about in Anna Karenina. Mm. Wasn't it? Like sexual? Am I wrong? Yeah, it was basically, yeah. It was basically sexual. Anyway, so when I was going to say was, I was 
for some reason I was thinking that one time, like a couple days ago, with Joshua. I wasn't thinking it with Joshua. <laughs> you were with him and you sang it. <laughs> I wish he was singing that. If Joshua could sing This One's for the Girls at my wedding, that would be awesome. <laughs> I just cannot stop laughing because that would be so funny to imagine me and Joshua alone in our home. Just duetting. <laughs> to this weird song but I was singing it and for some reason I was just being stupid and I was singing it like it was a male country singer like this one's for all those girls about yeah. 22 or something you're, you keep saying oh I don't know or something but you're getting almost all the words right <laughs> oh is this right flawlessly sings the whole song <laughs> what why is this man singing this song about girls? <laughs> where is I going with that Anyway, um, we are <laughs> talking about the poetry of Sappho today. I've always pronounced it Sappho. Is it Sappho? Oh, now I forget because you freaked me out. So I know I said it right at the very beginning. <laughs> Let me Wait, here's it. here's a question Sappho. for myself. Yes, is Sappho Sappho's like a poet? Sappho's like a poet. The yeah. poetess was her nickname, and she's she's a lesbian. Is that the deal? Well. I def- yeah. definitely yeah she was a lesbian because she lived on the island of Lesbos so everybody on that she island came from was a, a long line of lesbians yeah <laughs> okay because because when in books they're like Sappho fiction and I'm like oh because Sappho is like boys love but the ladies right no no, no. sapphic boys is supposed to be ladies. like women with women is it because of her yes it's because of her good for her yeah right. there's a subreddit called Sappho and her friend which is just like <sighs> posts of people willfully trying to explain <laughs> anything other than it being gay like there could be two women like, making out in a portrait and they'll be like oh my god like people just used to make out so close as like friendly yeah <laughs> Gal or like like a wedding with two brides getting married and there's always people <laughs> being like that's so cute that these best friends are getting married on the same day <laughs> Yeah, there's some really good ones. Maybe I'll post some of those. I do kind of the opposite. I think it's gay, and then it turns out it's not gay. I've done that twice, actually. Oh, yeah, I do that all the time. I want to ship absolutely everybody with everybody else of the same gender. Um, my grandfather, I believe this is what happened. In fact, I think this actually happened twice. So my grandfather sent a card like this to my mom for her anniversary with Wait, I forget. my husband, my stepdad. And I think on a different occasion, my dad's girlfriend sends him a card <laughs> for their own anniversary and it was different cards but both times they didn't realize that the people on the front of the card were lesbians and not like a straight couple was it a drawing so, or like a picture no it's like a photograph a picture but so my girlfriend oh <laughs> freddie safe slip my girlfriend my dad's girlfriend gave him a card that's like We've been through so much together. I love you. And this is like our future. We can face anything together against all the odds. And on the front, it's like two women in flannels and jeans just embracing each other. And I was like, Dad, that that's a lady and a lady. <laughs> and the card is like clearly about, oh, like we're coming out and we're facing the odds. Nice. Anyway, we'll give a little bio of Sappho and go into that in a little bit more detail. But today, Mm. Rachel told me that because I'm the poet of the group, I was allowed to pick the poems. In fact, I was forced to pick the poems. So I picked Fragment 31, Mm -hmm. and I'll explain why it's a fragment in a second. And I also picked Ode to Aphrodite. Mm -hmm. The only complete poem. Yes. By her. (laughs) The only complete poem, period. (laughs) Only one. (laughs) 
there yeah. are no options. This is the only complete poem. <laughs> um, all but one of Sappho's remaining poems exist in fragment form because there used to be like multiple complete volumes of her work. The library at Alexandria had nine volumes of her complete oh. works, but yeah. See, that's the thing. You shouldn't put anything in the library at Alexandria if you want it to stick around because you know what's going to well, happen. Well, now I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hindsight's didn't, 2020. Didn't the Muslims get some copies? Like, they are uh, always saving our asses. Well, so not this time. Clearly not enough because we Stop don't have up, any. You guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We can't always rely on the Muslims to save our asses in terms of literature and science. Yeah. You can't always. But they did. They found different fragments here and there. They found some in Egypt. They found some fragments in her poems inside of what they said were paper mache coffins. Mm. Like someone made little coffins out of paper and then put the papyrus with the poems inside those little coffins. It's a little dramatic. Were there bodies in the coffins? Like bodies? No, they were paper coffins yeah. that were like they were like the size of your hand. But, but Jackie, were their bodies like bodies? Well, how do I know they weren't just little boxes for poems how will we know that they're coffins because i said they were made of paper Little poem boxes boxes can be made out of paper can you make a full-size coffin human coffin out of paper mache and have it last for thousands of years no she's she's asking you how did you know that it was a tiny coffin rather than just a Thank paper you. box i don't know <laughs> it i kind of just pictured it like origami <laughs> like a little folded piece of paper with more paper yeah inside. i would just not jump to coffin if i saw that i would just be like oh a little box for my trinkets Ooh, a little box if, if a poem is in it i just feel like something is only a coffin if you're planning to put a dead body in i think it. it's because it was shaped mm. like a coffin is the thing i feel like the shape of a coffin is always changing uh, you know i don't know if the coffin shape should be always changing because the human <laughs> the dead human body is always the I same know, but shape think of the yeah, right. rectangular coffins we have now that are so large do you think they ought to be like spherical no i feel like the last funerals i've been to they were not coffin shaped they were just rectangular prisms okay but they're either rectangles or they're rectangles with like a little notch out of each whatever this is all beside the point enough N- enough <laughs> that's of been this. your dose of memento mori <laughs> So they found some little fragments in Egypt. They found fragments in different places. There were collectors of her works. And so she lived in, I think she was born around 650 BC. It's not quite clear a lot about her life. We don't know too much about her. She was born and lived for a long time on the island of Lesbos. Of course, this is in modern day Greece. She married probably a quite wealthy man. She had a daughter. Oh, boo. Wait, are we going to talk about his name? Yeah, I forget his name, but you can say it. Okay, I, I know the daughter's name was Clay. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing about her husband. They're not entirely sure of what his name is. They believe his name is Kirkylus of Andros. But the thing is, Kirkylus as a name is like, it doesn't appear anywhere else ever at all. They think that his that actually it's probably a pun and his name translates to essentially little penis of manland. <laughs> <laughs> when you say they think... What do you mean by they? Because I have a fear that this is another Twitter thing. Is this a real... I mean historians. It's not from Twitter. Okay. But anyway, so so Kirkylus is a diminutive of Kirkos, which probably means penis. And then Andros, it's like man Mm -hmm. island. So that's the joke, I guess. So maybe her husband wasn't real and she was like, I have a husband. His name is Penis Man. (laughs) You think? His name is Penis Man. You you wouldn't know him. He goes to a different uh, island. Yeah, so this is my boyfriend. <laughs> His name is Penis Word Manson. <laughs> yeah. 
Dick yeah. Manson. His name is Dick Manson. Yeah, well, if she was like, oh, no, I totally have a husband, and he's totally a, a man, a straight man with a penis, wouldn't she have named him, like, not tiny penis man? Wouldn't she have named him, like, big super it's masculine man? It's not, like, man? tiny penis. It's, like, penisy. Or, like, penis-y. what's a nickname? Lil Dicky. Like, Bobby from Robert. <laughs> yeah, like, Dicky or something. Lil Dicky. Okay. So it's a diminutive. So it doesn't necessarily mean Lil Penis, but it's, like, you know, something like so that. So maybe she was a lesbian after all. And penis manland wasn't. Hold, hold, on, really. hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a lot to, we have a lot to get through in terms of trying to figure this out. I can't believe you didn't come across this. Uh, I mean, I came across it, but I, I didn't think too much of it. I guess. I mean, I, I know from Andrew. That's crazy to not think too much of it, Jackie. What the hell? You should have thought a lot of it. I guess I should. Have. Seriously, that should be what the whole podcast is about now. Well, I don't think it's like it's a sign that he was fake. So what I was saying is, there's not a lot that's known about her there are a lot of myths about her for sure like there's a myth that she died when she was young by throwing herself off of a cliff because she was rejected in love by this young sailor a man and other sources say that's probably not true yep yeah a, a male sailor most other sources say that's probably not true she died of old age or something we do think that she had a daughter she was referred to as the poetess with of course homer being the poet is that right Did I get you're that right? right it was homer you're right so now you know she was on par with Homer. Yeah, she was on par with Homer. I believe it. Do you know, mm-hmm. did you hear that the poets back in ancient Greece, they would tell stories and it'd be kind of live and they'd be going. They were like freestyle rappers. Don't you yeah. love that, Jackie? Yeah. They were the Lil Waynes of their they time. They were usually performing them with uh, lyras. Is it lyres or lyras? I don't know how to say that word. The musical I thought instrument? it was a lyre, but I don't the know. The a lyre. A okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> It's confusing because, anyway, so they would perform these orally, just like telling the story with a liar, and then that is how we got the term lyrical poetry, which, of course, Sappho's works are lyrical poetry. There's also verses that are named after her. They don't know if she created the form herself or if it was just like something that she popularized or revitalized, but so it's called sapphic verse, and it's like, it's really complicated, but there's like several different forms of it. It's basically... Sapphic verse is like three lines that are all the same length and then a fourth line that's a shorter length. And I was like, is that really like a whole form that you needed to name after a person? Let her have it, Jackie. Why do you got to take it I'm from her? I'm not trying to take it anything from her. I'm just kind of like, hmm. the, just the bar was really low. I feel like we name things after a man all the time. But, so she, like I said, born in 650 BC. They think she probably died in her 70s or so, so... Maybe Before like Jesus. 515 BC. Yeah. So they had her poetry for about like 300 years. Wait, Jackie. Yes. I think you did the math backwards, right? 650 to 515. Wouldn't that make her well over 100, like 130 something? It, in BC, it doesn't it go backwards. That's weird because I did read that somewhere and I thought, huh, that is a lot of time. So, isn't, so is she like 130? <laughs> She's like Tahoe Tub. She's like 150. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wait was he that old that's crazy he says he's like oh i'm so old. wait i guess you didn't listen to our episode but yeah Busted. he reveals at the end of his wisdom that he's 110 no because theo and i are rivals i can't mm-hmm. listen to that episode <laughs> he listens to your episodes well i guess he he's does. not the rival i thought he was <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> you've lost some respect this for him <laughs> not the rival you're looking for yeah well i thought it was crazy because like, so however long she lived, whether it was 75 or like 115 years. No, 130 something. <laughs> yeah. 
they had her poems for like 300 years after that, which like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, in the amount of time that's passed between us and her, that's like, oh wow, they lost that right away. But imagine if you wrote something and 300 years from now, people were still like, oh yeah, we've got this. That would be literally so amazing. But they lost it and the Muslims weren't there to like clean things up and fix it. So the Library of Alexandria was burned, and most of what we have left of Sapho is very fragmented pieces of papyrus, which I did see a picture of the papyrus from which the only complete poem comes, and it does not look complete to me. It looks like it's full of holes. <laughs> like, have you seen it, Rachel? It is jacked Maybe they up. combined it with some other <laughs> fragments. Yeah, filled in the holes. I think also because, like, most of the fragments that we have now are apparently just, like, mostly quoted from other people like throughout the ages would say oh this is what Sefo said blah 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 and put it in their own works so we don't have the originals mm. did I just mm. say Sefo? whatever I'm gonna go back and forth yeah but whatever you also said whatever it was stars burning something <laughs> whatever <laughs> that mistake you made was <laughs> you're, you're a shooting star the way you are yeah. broken heart something something um, yeah but yeah so we're gonna read her poems she wrote a lot about love sometimes that love seems to have been directed towards women sometimes towards men sometimes there's like a little trio situation kind of going on what about little dicky manson did she write uh, about him i don't know <laughs> not, not in those terms not that we have <laughs> She also, something funny is that like, because she wrote so much about women, some scholars were basically like, oh, she was a teacher. And that's why she writes so much about girls. She's like writing stuff to her students. And then because some people said that to try to make her not gay, later on, other scholars were like, some people tried to spread a nasty rumor that she was like hitting on her students but she wouldn't she was totally straight and it's like everyone's so confused about her that like that the rumor wasn't that she was a teacher who hit on her students it was that she was a woman who was also into women <laughs> so they like to try to make her not gay they just totally flipped yeah, it they, around they made it weird like they were like hey hey she wasn't gay she was just a pedophile like let's all calm down here yeah <laughs> Some people like, no, she wasn't a pedophile. She was a totally hetero woman. It's funny. They thought that you can't be gay if you're a teacher. That's like the one true <laughs> heterosexual job. You can't be gay if you're a teacher. <laughs> she apparently was a teacher. She founded or ran a school for like young unmarried women. So that doesn't mean she was gay or hitting on her students. But. I don't think that there is evidence that she ran a school. I think that people have recently like checked back over the literature and said there's not really any evidence uh, of that. That's what poets.org said. So Yeah. I think poets.org might be a little outdated. Oh, okay. Everything that I say, you're always like, it's outdated. There were outdated. like 200 years where people said she was a teacher. <laughs> well, there's some, there are sources that still say it now. The point is that we can't really know. We don't know because so much of it was lost and because... So hundreds of years after she died, her work was very well regarded, but there were also like Ovid, for example, wrote about her in like a parody. He parodied her work. Everybody made fun of her for being like hypersexual. There was this ascetic guy who I forget his name now. I looked him up and then I was like, he's not that interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he had this ascetic philosophy of we have to deny ourselves all pleasures, etc. And he was like, She's such a whorish woman. She couldn't control her desires, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, just because your life sucks, my dude, don't attack yeah, her. Yeah, for a long time, the stereotype of her was that she was, like, too into men. Like, she was, she was too, too into everybody, apparently. So 
it's hard to figure out what is real and what's not real. Well, isn't she from ancient Greece? Right, that's the other thing. Didn't those guys love sex and whatnot? Well, the thing is, ancient Greeks, it was all about men. So men would be, like, hooking up with men and, like, being in love with men, and then they would have wives that they, like, didn't care that much about, but they would have sex with them to have children and for social standing and stuff. So it wasn't, like, female sexuality wasn't talked about as much. It was mostly all about what men were into. Except in Lysistrata. But I bet women were gay, too. No, I don't think there have ever been any gay women. I think that's just a recent <laughs> Invention. I think you're right, Becca. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it was probably socially acceptable to be a gay woman if it was so socially acceptable to be a gay man. Well, that's not I always the case. I don't think it was looked at as being a gay man. I think it. we'd have to have like a Greek scholar or somebody on to talk about it, but there's definitely a lot of talk about they would have homosexual interactions, but that didn't mean that they were gay. Yeah. They right. would do gay things, but they wouldn't be gay. Like most people right. did gay stuff. But also, like, married women and had children with them. And that like, was, especially like, normal. adult men with young boys, they would do gay <gasps> stuff. But, like, in today's world, we or would like think... like, teens. Yeah. Yep. So it's just, we can't really put exactly our modern thoughts onto ancient Greece. In my opinion, we can condemn that. Yeah, I know. Of course <laughs> we can condemn it. I'm just Greece. saying it's not the same <laughs> as what we would think of today as, like, being a gay person. Well, in my opinion... They're bisexual. That's my opinion. Yeah, I and I think that's probably a good description of her behavior. But like if you met her and you were like, Sappho, are you bisexual? She'd be like, eh? <laughs> what is that? Hey, everyone. We just wanted to jump in real quick to thank our brand new patron, Winston. Winston. That's right. It's a guy. We don't think we know him. So Jackie's especially excited. I'm so excited. Thank you to the protagonist from 1984. Becca, do you want to say anything? This is your first... Wait, I guess this is the second patron since you've joined. Ooh, fancy number two. Hey, Winston. Fancy number two. Welcome to the club. If you have also joined because you have a voice crush on Theo, just don't ever tell me that because it's just going to make me sad. I'm just going to pretend that you joined because you love us and also that I'm your favorite specifically. Winston, no matter the reason you joined, please just like email us or leave us a review that says you joined because of Jackie so that she'll stop <laughs> doing this. I wasn't being weird. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way we'll ever have any peace, Winston. Yeah, please, Winston. Oh well, thank you so much. Guys, I just want to tell everyone who's not Winston that Winston now has access to all of our bonus episodes. Hours and hours of bonus content at this point. Yeah. And the thing about those is that they keep increasing in number. Like, they never decrease. They actually just keep going up. So true. So some of them are really fun. They're all really fun. Oh, and I have a really good idea for a bonus episode, right, Rachel? Yeah, you do. It's an episode of a Lil Wayne song that Jackie <laughs> <No>. wrote. <laughs> no, it's going to be good, though. It's going to be good, I promise. I have an idea. I just wanted to tell people, our bonus episodes are where we get a little loose with it. So if we come up with, like, a fun topic that doesn't really fit with the mission statement of the full podcast, <laughs> mission statement. that's where we cover it. Or sometimes we have an interview with a guest and we go on a little tangent with them that's fun, but, you know, it runs a little long. We put that in a bonus episode. Sometimes we get Theo to come back and read a Goosebumps book with us, and that's also a bonus. But never so, at the same time as Becca, because we do suspect that they might be the exactly same person. true. All right, well, if you would like to find out for yourself, you should go to patreon.com slash firethecanon and consider supporting us. 
Yeah, so poor Sappho. She's just been so misunderstood, but also greatly venerated. So um, I wanted to pick two poems to talk about. One of them is her only known complete work, which is Ode to Aphrodite. Notably, she did not write an ode to Tiny Penis Man from Manland, but that could have been lost in the Library of Alexandria Fire. I doubt it, though. <laughs> the Library of Fire. I said Library of Alexandria Fire. The Alexandria Library of Fire. <laughs> what I said. Oh my god. It is. You'll hear it when you it go back. It is literally not. Okay. Yeah. I'll go back. I'll go back. Jackie. Here. What? Mark my words. You said it was lost in the Alexandria Library of Fire. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I did. But okay. Okay. Don't, Jackie. Be honorable. <laughs> Do you swear? Yeah, I swear all the fucking time. Do you swear to be honorable? <laughs> yeah. Or are you going to take it out if you actually said that? <laughs> you know, I'm not joking right now. Every time that you and Theo have said, Jackie, you said it wrong. Go back and listen. I go back and I'm right. And you guys just misheard it. Nuh-uh. Yes, it's true. There's no way. It's true. There's no way. I'm going to text Theo right now. He's going to rejoin the pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll make him want to rejoin. <laughs> um, the other one we're reading is fragment 31. So the fragments are numbered. Fragment 31 is probably her most famous, and the versions that I want to read, <clears throat> the main versions are by Anne Carson, who's a Greek scholar and a very good poet in her own right. She's also written a lot of analyses of these poems, so yeah, where do you want to start, Rachel? Do you want to read Ode to Aphrodite? Uh, sure. Do you? Would you rather start with the full one than the fragment? I think the fragment is probably the more interesting one. So we're going to start with more interesting and we're going to end with dull? <laughs> no, we're starting with more dull and ending with the fragment, which is more interesting. Okay, cool. I mean, they're both interesting, but Ode to Aphrodite is what it sounds like. It's a speaker asking the goddess Aphrodite to help her with love. And some scholars think of the dis- as being like an intense actual description of a religious experience, um, a prayer, a very genuine plea for help to the goddess. Other people look at this as like, this is a parody. Oh my gosh. Is that surprising? The people thought it was a parody? Yeah. A lot of it apparently is quite humorous. Like there are parts of it where she just straight up references tons of Homeric (laughs) stuff. And she's like taking words and phrases from Homer and being like, oh, look at all of this. She's saying, oh, I wish for death because this love thing isn't working out for me. And it's like parallels to Penelope from the Odyssey where she's wishing for death. But she was separated from her husband for 20 years, whereas Sappho is like just now leaving her lover so anyway let's read the poem and think about maybe it. she should have written for crack.com oh, yeah, yeah. because it's such a parody she's so right? funny with the parodies <laughs> her most famous poem is uh you don't need to floss i promise <laughs> <laughs> yeah aphrodite says you don't need to floss oh my goodness these cats stop it kitty that's enough Ugh, carter is being so bad it's like that one soglum soglum I mean, that one song, <laughs> Dog Problems, <laughs> I Have Cat Problems. Mega. What is a soglum? Oh, my <laughs> God. That is the weirdest thing. I I misspoke. Yeah, yeah, I would say you did. <laughs> I don't even know if I could count that as speech. <laughs> like that one soglum, you know? <laughs> uh, I know. I won't even ask you to cut it out because I know you won't. Yeah. Jackie won't because she needs people to see the other people misspeak. <laughs> Soglum. No, nobody else ever misspeaks. But me. I feel like I misspeak a lot. Remember taking a piss on <laughs> or at whatever it is? Yeah. Hashtag never forget. At. <laughs> I don't know if that was misspeaking. That was just being wrong. 
misspeaking is like you you meant some words to come out and then other words come out okay okay but yeah anyway the point is i have cat problems now there's too many over cat, here cat soglums. um jackie is your I, I had a very hard time trying to find the ann carson translation of ode to aphrodite really? yeah really does yours begin with subtle of soul and deathless Sorry, one second um I can't find the one I was looking for, but I found this one, which I think is the nicest because the other ones, they just have way too many, they have way too many exclamation points. I don't think that was really her style. She was the Lil Wayne of the ancient Greeks. You don't think she was into exclamation points? Speaking of being the Lil Wayne of her time, do you remember that I told you about Garth Brooks being the Sappho of Ireland, essentially? That's an interesting way to put it, (laughs) but I remember him. No, I don't definitely don't remember that. Do you remember me telling you about how much the Irish love Garth Brooks? No. Okay. Well, when I was in Korea, I met an Irish guy who told us he got really drunk and he started talking on and on about Garth Brooks. And he said that Garth Brooks, for some reason, was insanely popular in Ireland. So he said basically like, I'm doing a show at the biggest arena in Ireland. This was the first time he'd been back in years. And it sold out immediately. So he added another night. And he added another night and another night. And he did this over and over again until he finally stopped. And by the time he stopped, this Irish guy told us that over a quarter of the population of what? Ireland had purchased a ticket to see Garth Brooks in concert. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, maybe I do remember that. <laughs> and, and when we were asking him, so the whole time, of course, he was always calling him Gersh Brooks. Yeah, Gersh and at Brooks. first we couldn't figure out who he was talking about. <laughs> and we asked him, we were like, we were like, why... Why did the Irish love Garth Brooks so much? And he said, and this is a quote that my friend Jordan and I say to each other a lot. He said, because no other man has that style. No other man stands outside the fucking fire. (laughs) I do remember you saying that because that is such a memorable quote. What does that mean? It's from his song. Uh, Well, he has a song called Standing Outside the Fire. But the thing is, like, in the song, standing outside the fire is bad. (laughs) You're supposed to get in there. No one one else stands outside the fucking library of fire. Nobody. No other man. But he... Well, the reason I thought of it is because in honor of our summer, Garth Brooks recently announced that he's opening a bar, and in his bar, he will not tolerate transphobia. Oh, okay. Where is it going to be, the bar? Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, well, good luck with that, um, because you shouldn't open any bar in Tennessee. Nashville's very progressive and liberal. You shouldn't give any money to the state of Tennessee if you want to fight transphobia. Oh, Garth, let's talk to him about it. But the problem is there are trans people in Nashville. Tennessee. They deserve to get crumped. Yeah, they deserve to party too, Jackie. Of course they do, but you don't need to pay taxes to the state of Tennessee. You could just, you know. Maybe he's going to yeah, cheat yeah, maybe them. Maybe he's going to cheat them. Maybe he'll scam the state. Garrett Brooks? <laughs> Commit some tax fraud? Garrett Brooks. Yeah. Garrett. If you're listening to this, I don't want you to open up the thing in Nashville. Jackie! It's liver puddling. Okay, um... God, what was I even saying? Yeah, so that's pretty good. But, I mean, how big is the biggest arena in Ireland anyway? Like, like a, a little pub in Cork? I or... mean, all I'm saying is one out of four Irish people had seen his show by the time he that's left. Wild. That's wild. That is a lot of, a large proportion. <laughs> the yeah. fire. <laughs> no other man does it, Jackie. Every other man stands inside the fucking fire. Yeah. <laughs> But also, it's funny for him to be like, no other man has that style. And you Google him, and he's <laughs> yeah. a bald white guy in a cowboy hat. 
Like maybe in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's relevant to our episode because we're doing girls, gays, goths, and Garth, Garths, <laughs> girls, gays, goths, girls, gays, goths, and Garths. Goths, goths that and is Garths. perfect. Sounds okay, alike. we're gonna. You're not familiar with the works of Garth Brooks, right? We need to do a uh, bonus There's episode where we talk about Garth. About 16. That is not <laughs> Garth. Brooks. We can, Becca. Don't you have some Irish friends from your time in Scotland? That's offensive. I mostly, I don't know. I don't think there were really any Irish people there. They no, were all not. Scottish. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Whoa. I know an Irish guy we could talk to. Okay. Is he really Irish? President Joseph Biden. <laughs> Joseph no. Robinette Biden. He's going to talk to us, Jackie. <laughs> he's going to take time out of his busy schedule and come on the pod. He's not that busy. He just got a root canal or something. What do you mean? Root canals are an emergency. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, he has some downtime while he recovers. Oh. Like, he can't be making decisions while he's on whatever Yeah, that'd be drugs. crazy. That would almost be like he has dementia or something. Um, yeah, that anyway. would be crazy if the president... Maybe, maybe he'd make clearer decisions. <laughs> yeah listen we're criticizing him from the left not the it's right it's important to make the distinction i'm criticizing him from above, <laughs> from above. i punch down i'll see if i can find an irish person to do an episode on garths that's pretty good um all right rachel so why don't you read this one and then we'll get into the okay. other one here we go ode to aphrodite ornate throned immortal aphrodite while weaving daughter of zeus i entreat you do not overpower my heart, mistress, with ache and anguish. But come here, if ever in the past you heard my voice from afar, and acquiesced and came, leaving your father's golden house, with chariot yoked, beautiful swift sparrows whirring fast-beating wings, brought you above the dark earth, down from heaven through the midair. And soon they arrived, and you, blessed one, with a smile on your immortal face, asked what was the matter with me this time, and why I was calling this time. <laughs> So relatable. And what in my maddened heart I most wish to happen for myself? Whom am I to persuade this time to lead you back to her love? Who wrongs you, Sappho? If she runs away, soon she shall pursue. If she does not accept gifts, why, she shall give them instead. And if she does not love, soon she shall love even against her will. Hmm. Come to me now again and deliver me from oppressive anxieties. Fulfill all that my heart longs to fulfill, and you yourself be my fellow fighter." So this is her saying, please come and help me. And she comes down in this beautiful chariot, Aphrodite. And for some reason, one of the points of evidence I saw saying that maybe this was supposed to be a parody or a humorous poem, tongue in cheek, was the fact that like, first of all, sparrows drawing a chariot, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, I mean, the whole... Get, the lariat. <laughs> the, the whole idea of a goddess coming down in a chariot at all is kind of... Uh, unrealistic but i thought it was a pretty image mm -hmm. but what is funny is what we actually laughed at um when rachel was reading it which is what's wrong with you oh, this yeah. time Sappho? like what do you need from me now what do you want now <laughs> and so she's mm -hmm. like look if she doesn't love you now Sappho, she's gonna love you later even if she doesn't think she will the last stanza is Sappho saying can you actually just come help me with all of my love troubles like not even just with this particular one but that's important because she actually names herself in this poem as the speaker when they say, who wrongs you, Sappho? So we know this isn't just like a male speaker or like a random person. Yeah, it's actually her. it's her. I do think that... Um, I like this one. I do too. I think that asking someone to be your fellow fighter is very romantic, actually. 
like a really nice way to think about a relationship. So, but she's saying that to Aphrodite. Do you think she's even saying she's in love with Aphrodite? I think it's a mixture. I think Aphrodite is also sort of a stand-in for the beloved. Mm. I do think Sappho comes across a bit fickle. You know, like, oh, this is my love, woman. No, 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 (laughs) not about that. But just like, this is my love trial today. Oh, who you in love with now, Sappho? But it'll be another one later, and it's just like. And she's like, you're so right. oh, don't just help me with this one. Help me with the ones in the future. It's like you're already yeah. planning on quitting once you <laughs> win this girl over. Well, maybe she thinks she'll have more trials with the same girl. No, because Aphrodite said, no, mm-hmm. she's going to love you real good. Mm. I don't know. I think she's kind of a player for a little um, while. And Carson, the poet and translator I keep talking about, she has done a lot to like contextualize Sappho's poems. And one of the things she talks about is how, um, so you know the word eros, right? Greek root oh, yeah. word. I do. That is like the root of erotic and things like that. Right? The reason I remembered it was from Yuri on Ice, actually. That was a boys love anime win. Did people at Gramercy, did they tell you eros was the bad one? <laughs> uh, they probably did, but I only remember the eros figure skating dance. It's, so. about, it's an anime about gay ice skating boys, Jackie. Appropriate for this month. I gotcha. I'm telling the people who are listening if they don't know, because it sounds like we're saying arrows, like bow and arrows, oh, yeah. but it's E-R-O-S, arrows. So arrows, according to Ann Carson, is also a verb. To arrows. It's not just the like normal experience of love or things that you feel when you're in love. It's not just desire. Sappho, she says, is writing about the experience of having desire, but the point of love the way we all think about it in terms of art, it's not really about love, is it? It's about the absence of love. It's about the negative space when Eros mm. is being done, when it's present, but you're suffering. And that's what Sappho writes about, right? But it's also a parody. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Are there ever any happy, though, poems? Where she's like, gotcha, bitch. Yeah, and she's <laughs> happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one's been lost to the ages though. Um Gotcha Bitch, I see references to it and I hear it was Those really are good. Classic. <laughs> yeah. It was um my other favorite one that she wrote is called Fuck Around and Find Out. <laughs> classic. So that one I actually thought was worth reading because it's like I said, it's the only one we have that's apparently full. Although there are some words of it that they're apparently not sure about, one of which is the very first word. So when it says ornate throned immortal Aphrodite, apparently they don't really know if it means, oh, her throne's really colorful. There's also a word that's really similar to throne, which is mind. So it could be like, she has a really like subtle complex mind, or it could mean she has a really colorful (laughs) chair. And honestly- You can't have both. Yeah. The Carson version said, I think it's the chair one. So (laughs) What? I mean, I think that's- a better line, personally. Fragment 31. <laughs> There's three translations of it that I think are interesting. Um, it's pretty short. So I'd like to go through all three of them because they're so different. It really shows how the way that you translate it totally changes the meaning of the poem, which is like, duh, but it is the you same You realize poem. you only sent me one, right? Yeah, because I didn't want you to see the other two because this is a surprise. Okay. Do you want me to read the one that I can <laughs> see and you read the other two? I'll read the first two first. And then you can read the good one last. So you can see how different it is. So so the first two first are one, bad? Um, I'm not saying it's bad. They're different. And I think the last one is by far the best. My favorite. Well, what if I like one of the first two best? We'll see. Well, then I, then I you're guess kicked I'm just going to have to say it 
No, she'll edit it so that you don't like them better. <laughs> I wanted to formulate my own opinion, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. So fragment 31 is from the point of view of the poet watching a girl interacting with a man. And she's like, damn, I love that girl. I wish I could be that man. <gasps> oh my gosh, that's like a Haley Kyogo song. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God, I feel like I... <laughs> I feel like I know that. What is it? Anyway, so this is Byron. Byron translated this in the early 1800s. I know that guy. What a nutball. See, there's too many, there's too many exclamation marks. Equal to, oh, sorry. I thought, I thought this had love, but it it says Jove. (laughs) Equal to Jove you must be. Greater than Jove he seems to me, who free from jealousy's alarms, securely views thy matchless charms. Ah, lesbia. Though tis death to me, I cannot choose but look on thee. But at the sight my senses fly. I needs must gaze, but gazing die. Whilst trembling with a thousand fears, parched my throat, my tongue adheres. My pulse beats quick, my breath heaves short, my limbs deny their slight support. Cold dews my pallid face overspread, with deadly languor droops my head. My ears with tingling echoes ring, and life itself is on the wing. My eyes refuse the cheery light, their orbs are veiled in starless night. Such pains my nature sinks beneath, and feels a temporary death. Which I guess was supposed to rhyme with beneath. A temporary so. I hate it when they do written rhyme and it's not a sounding rhyme. Don't even do it at that point. But also I could tell by the fact that these were rhyming couplets. I was like, this isn't going to be close to what she wrote. Because come Cause on, it like, rhymes. Because it rhymes. And like he would have had to change all these words from the Greek. And also it does sound a little emo. Right? Byron was very My emo. eyes refuse the light. Yeah, I feel like Byron, that was his vibe though. He liked yeah. to suffer. Mad, bad, and dangerous to know. Oh, that would be another good theme. Mad, bad, and dangerous. Uh, we'll do that next summer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ooh, wait, which one of us is mad, which is bad, and which is dangerous? Um, I think I'm mad. What? <laughs> like crazy or like angry? But Both. which did you mean? <laughs> Both. I, uh... I ran out of my search early in a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I have been feeling mad. Jackie, get some more. I know, I know, I need to. I think, who's bad then? Mm, who's dangerous? I think Becca's dangerous, because she could probably do the most harm to someone's oh. physical body and her job. <laughs> by yeah, drilling I could, I could, yeah, I guess I could. I could drill right through them if I wanted oh to. Oh my god. Through the teeth or through the person? Both. I mean, I could probably get pretty far through the person before anyone stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, though. <laughs> Sounds a little mad and dangerous and bad. Yeah. Actually, I take it back. Becca is all three. She's mad, dangerous, and bad. I'm not actually going to drill a person I for the record, everyone. I wouldn't person. do that. We'll take it up with Hippocrates. Yeah, I guess I will. Yeah, well, yeah, take it up with myself editing that and sending oh, it to no. the dental board. <laughs> I actually, Ooh. yeah, for the next mm, few months, I'm not allowed legally to be bad. Oh, okay. Yeah ostensibly Rachel isn't bad and she's never done anything bad. Are you allowed to be dangerous? I'm mentally sound. No, uh, not for the next wow. couple months. I'm, t- I'm about to take the bar. I do suppose. <laughs> it's not that I'm not allowed to touch people at my job. It's just like, it's not really strictly part of my job duties, but sometimes I do have to like touch babies and lift them up and stuff. I am, oh my God, I'm so scared. I could drop a baby so easily. I don't want to do you it. You spilled but- a gallon of warm tea on a baby. It wasn't a whole You stickified a baby. You did do that? No. Yeah. It was iced tea, first of all. That's a lot of tea. Worse. So you froze the baby. No, I didn't 
freeze you the baby. You froze the baby and then you covered it in ants. Okay, Becca. Oh, you really think I poured a gallon you of tea on a You have always said it was a gigantic pot and it was over a gallon. Yeah, because it was that was what it was, but it was too heavy for me. So that's why I spilled <laughs> some. But I didn't pour the whole entire thing. Like, I'm just standing there like, oh, no. It was oh, so no. heavy that she just she just poured a little tea on a baby, so it was lighter. Why was there a baby underneath it, a heavy I pot? I was serving at a barbecue restaurant, <laughs> and I had it in my hand. It was too heavy for my little noodle arms. And so I, she's like, let me get rid yeah, of a little bit get, of this floop. Yeah, that baby's head looks a little too unsticky for me. Get rid of some of this. <laughs> How old was the baby? Oh, probably like five minutes old. It was brand it was new. It was a baby. It was like in a little carriage. Oh, no. It's bassinet, a bassinet. Maybe. Uh, it was a lotus birth. It was still connected to its placenta. Wow. Is the baby the one who owns the placenta? What do you mean? What, like legally? Like, I thought the mother was the one who owned the placenta. Like, legally, again? Is that what you mean? I mean, I guess. No, no, the placenta you give birth to afterwards. It's not connected. But I thought the placenta was like the mom's placenta. I don't. Not the baby's What do you placenta. mean by mom? Like, do you mean in terms <laughs> like of legal DNA ownership? Does morally, <laughs> morally speaking. It's from the fathers, actually. The father forms the placenta. What the hell? It's most, I mean, it's both, obviously, but what happens is that, um, the genes from the sperm are primarily the oh, ones that are sperm. expressed to make the placenta. The placenta is made out of sperm. Oh, it's not made out of sperm. Yeah, but it's true. It is mostly the father's uh, paternal genes that contribute. However, I wouldn't say he owns it. In fact, I think he has the least claim to well, it. Well, because the mom usually eats it if anyone does. Oh, like if they're animals? No, like even humans. Yeah, sometimes they do. Even human women eat their placentas. I don't think well, I want to do that. By the time you get to the end of the third trimester, the placenta has already lost a lot of its power and function. That's why the baby's born. Nutrients. It gives you no nutrients, Becca. Mm-hmm. No special no powers. <laughs> it gives me no nutrients. <laughs> what a little Italian, Jackie. <laughs> okay, so the second version of this poem. Remember the first one? It was a little emo. This one's by Tennyson. Oh, I know that guy. Do you mean Alfred Lord? Yeah. Tennyson, comma, Alfred Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I watch thy grace and in its place, my heart a charm. I guess I'm going to say charmed. My heart a charmed slumber keeps while I muse upon thy face and a languid fire creeps through my veins to all my frame, dissolving instantly. Soon from thy rose-red lips my name floweth, and then, as in a swoon, with dinning sound my ears are rife, my tremulous tongue faltereth, I lose my color, I lose my breath. I drink the cup of a costly death, rimmed with delirious droughts. Drafts. Drafts? Drafts. Rimmed with delirious drafts of warmest life, I die with my delight before I hear what I would hear from thee. I like that one better than the Byron. It sounds very different, though. But wait, where's the other guy at all? This sounds like a different yeah, poem. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. The Byron one and this one sound like translations of mm-hmm. different poems, not just yeah, different translations the of the same poem. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what it has in common is saying like, when I look at you, I get all fired up and I can't talk and I feel like I'm going to die and stuff. That's it. Then, that's it. That's crazy. Like that's I mean, so it, few it does things feel really to different. share. Yeah, I know. I like the language better, but it is really different. So then now we have, this is a 2002 translation by my girl, Ann Carson. And I guess I'm a really big fan of hers. Um, Lil Wayne, yeah. Almost as big a fan as I am of Your Will fan Smith Carson. Lil Wayne. Yeah. Okay. All right, take it away, Rach. 
He seems to me equal to the gods that man, whoever he, whoever he is who opposite you sits and listens close to your sweet speaking and lovely laughing. Oh, it puts the heart in my chest on wings, for when I look at you, even a moment, no speaking is left in me. No, tongue breaks and thin fire is racing under skin, and in eyes no sight, and drumming fills ears, and cold sweat holds me and shaking grips me all, greener than grass. I am and dead, or almost, I seem to me. <laughs> greener than grass I am and dead, or almost, it seem to me. Eh, I don't really care that much. You don't care. I mean, she can break up her lines however she wants. No, she did break them up however she wants. So that's your fave. Jackie hates rhyming, by the way. I do not. I can tell. I like a rhyme. I don't hate rhyming. But wait, Lil Wayne rhymes sometimes, and mm. so does Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they rhyme a lot. I don't hate rhyming. I just was saying, if you take a poem from a very different ancient language and then turn it into rhyming couplets, yeah. that tells me that that cannot be what those words were. Because those words wouldn't have rhymed with each other. I yeah. agree. Unless you're somehow a genius and you're really, really lucky. <laughs> a really lucky genius. We need to get Seth on sometime to talk about translation. So audience, if you're interested, Theo's brother is a translator in Korea and he would come on the pod. So if you're interested, Nell, let us know and we'll see about getting him on. <laughs> Nell, are you interested in hearing your other son oh. talk for once? <laughs> yeah. I bet she is. <laughs> oh, I was going to say... Um, I also, I got a recommendation for us for an Egyptologist to come Ooh. on and talk about Tahotep. What do you mean a recommendation? From Lottie, oh, Professor, Professor Lottie. Lottie Reinbold herself. I said, do you know like a hilarious Egyptologist? And she was hmm. like, actually, yes. Have you reached out to them? No, I was going to talk to you first to make sure you're interested. Hell yeah, I'm interested. Okay, Becca, are you interested or you want us to get Theo on? No, I'll do it. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were asking... <laughs> Should we have the hilarious Egyptologist or should we just have Theo on again? Oh, or just have Theo again. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is I don't think Theo and I can be on the same episode because then people... You've been on the same but episode. Have we, or are we really the same person oh, yeah. the whole time? I, I have not seen them in the same room. You, Becca, Shh. hello. Most dangerous uh, 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 game. Uh, we don't know for sure. <laughs> when Amy and Theo were at Becca's apartment, <laughs> Becca wasn't there. Yeah. Or were, was it me at my apartment? <laughs> that's all along. That's sus. That's really sus. Have <laughs> you ever seen us in the same room? And he was wearing Becca's clothes. We were all wearing Becca's clothes. This is, ooh, this is very interesting as a theory. Yeah. Just keep your mind open, <laughs> Rachel. That's all I'm saying. To the possibilities that you're Theo. Yeah. Can I read you fragment 94 just because I have one funny thing that I hope is going to make it worth it? Yeah. Yes, girl. Okay. Fragment 94 is apparently the only one that explicitly mentions any type of homosexual encounter. Whoa, the other one seemed pretty homosexual to apparently me. Apparently not as explicit um, sexually, like <laughs> not just romantically, homoromantic. This is homosexual. Oh, okay, okay, nice. This is a first person speaker who is Sappho and it's a woman leaving her, presumably to go and be married. And so she's speaking to Sappho. <laughs> this woman, people think her name was Erina. And there's a lot of, like, portraits of them and statues of them in the garden um, that are, like, Erina leaving Sappho in Aww, the garden. Aw, that's I sad. Know. Fragment 94. I'm not pretending. I wish I were dead. 
She was leaving me in tears, and over and over she said to me, Sappho, it hurts. What happened to us is just so grim. It isn't my choice, I swear it, to leave like this. These are the words that I answered her. Go and be happy, remember me, for you know how we have paid court to you. And if not, then I want to remind you in the good things we have enjoyed. For at my side, many the crowns of violets and roses you have put on yourself, and many the garlands woven from flowers you have cast round your delicate neck, and with the quantities of flowery perfume, fit for a queen even, you anointed yourself all over, Ooh. and on soft beds, delicate, you have satisfied desire. So... People point to that and they're like, oh, that's, that's kind of sexual at the end. And multiple scholars have said, mm, actually, we're pretty sure that when she says you've satisfied desire, they mean like she's really sleepy <laughs> and she satisfied what? her desire for sleep. And I'm not joking. Yeah. That's, that's what only some something people I would do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like what Rachel did when those cats. I'm still tired. Going. I don't know when I'm going to catch up, by the way. I, oh my God. Every night, I said to myself, I hate those cats now. And then in the morning, I'd be when like, are you gonna satisfy I love them again. And sleep. I was like, I probably won't hate them tonight. And then that night, I was like, oh, I hate no. them again. <laughs> Poor kitties. <laughs> no. Are you serious? Poor me. It was literally a but nightmare. They're so cute. And they're babies. Aww. Have you really never had like multiple nights in a row of poor sleep this is crazy i literally I feel like that's like I, every night for i me. was trying to go to a wedding jackie and i literally got like three hours of sleep total all weekend <laughs> and i had to fly out at 5 a.m mm, the next day it was terrible yeah that's like torture yeah it is i mean it's literally torture i i remember looking at my phone and seeing 3 48 a.m and thinking i hate these cats <laughs> Did they keep Steven up too? You know, surprisingly, so <laughs> Steven's about as deep a sleeper as you are, and they did wake him up a few times. There were some times where they were being so loud and annoying that I just like put in my noise canceling headphones and I was like, I'm going to force Steven to have to deal with this. And he finally oh, did. That's a common event in my house. Like, I think we're often both pretending to be as more asleep than we are so that the <laughs> other one will get up and do something. <laughs> no, I'm. Yeah, I'm always the light no, sleeper. No, I'm a very light sleeper as well. But that's why I'm saying, like, I have to pretend to be asleep so Joshua will go <laughs> handle the animals. The other thing, Jackie, is you've had, what, like two years of being the one dealing with animal interruptions at night? So I think Joshua can take the reins for a while. Yeah, but it's my decision to have all these extra animals. Not the, the dog. Not the dog. Well, the problem is it's usually the cats. It's it's usually Evangeline who I got before I even met him. I was about to say before Joshua was even born. That is not true. Ew, Jackie. Ew. Ew, my cat's 40 years You're old. You're going to see this earwaxed baby at my wedding, yeah. Becca. Why'd you take it that way? It could have been that my cat's really old. I was taking it that <laughs> your boyfriend was a child. Ew. Yeah, well, you're going to see that sometimes that's the case. Not for her, it's not. Just kidding. I was making a joke like, oh, sometimes oh. he acts like a baby. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. Today he did something really funny. <laughs> that was unintentional. He lifted up his laptop screen and he tried to like blow a hair off of it or something. But instead he just coughed all over. <laughs> he, he, li he didn't mean to. He just lifted up and he was like. <laughs> Is his health okay? He's basically an old man. Sounds like it. No. <laughs> Yeah, and then I had to, like, wipe all the blood off of the screen from, you know, all the consumption. <sighs> so I have eight cats in my house Whoa. right now, Becca. Some of them are very cute kittens. <gasps> I want to see. Wait, why don't you ever plug your kittens to be like, hey, go to my Instagram and yeah, adopt I them. Yeah, I want to see the kittens. It was because I don't have to 
plug. I mean, I'll show you them, but I don't have to plug the kittens. Everybody just will adopt them instantly. Yeah. It's not hard. Who needs to get adopted is my eight-year-old foster cat Aww. who's been living with me for over Anne a year. Rice. Anne Rice. I think I'm going to change her name. I told the cat foster person that I was like, you know, I think we really have to start leaning into sadness at this point. Change it to like Taylor Swift. She would, I'm serious. She would get adopted right, wait, maybe not right now. But if you change your name to Taylor Swift or something else, beloved, like Beyonce or like Rihanna's new album, I think she'd get adopted. There's, yeah, I feel like she needs a more interesting name because, I mean, Anne Rice is great, but nobody knows who Anne is. And if they do, they're like, ooh, vampire Christianity. Ooh, vampire. Well, Originally, she was named Stephen King because they thought she was a boy and she does look a little scary. But she's really sweet. You know how cats, like, oftentimes they'll get adopted more easily if they have a crazy bio where it's like, I'm going to ruin your fucking life. I'm the worst no. cat that ever existed. I'm 100 pounds of pure fury. No, she's not like that. But I was like, well, maybe Just more give her a different name for now. My one friend suggested that we call her Chucky, which is short for Up Chucky because she throws up a lot. No. Don't. <laughs> get away from the horror. You need a name or something really cute and sweet oh i'm trying to think of something else that would be like be you know really good well keep thinking that and uh if anybody wants to write in and let me know a suggestion do that i do have one story about the cats that i wanted to tell so you know how on the tahotep episode i mentioned that my cat ernie has been catching things outside and killing them he's just like too much of a murder machine so i can't let him out but he's been killing specifically moles, which I sent you a picture of one of them, right, Rachel? Because I thought it was a baby mouse. And you were like, that's not a yeah, baby mouse. Yeah, that's like 10 times as big as a baby mouse. <laughs> yeah, you were like, it's 10 times as big and it doesn't have any eyes, so that's a mole. <laughs> and it had like, the like, oh, starburst right. nose. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't know. <laughs> but so this was a few weeks ago. I was outside. Ernie caught a mole and I heard this like terrible screaming and screeching. I thought it was a bird and I went and I got it from him and it was this mole. I picked it up and I was like, oh cool. I saved it. It was in my hand and I was like, all right, saved it. And then it went and it just like keeled over and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so tired. It just went to sleep. It died. It, it died in my hand instantly. And I was like, oh my God. It hasn't been gone that long. I can fix it. And I tried to give it CPR. Injuries or the shock? I think it just died of shock, yeah. But at first I was like, wow, it must just be so exhausted from its ordeal. (laughs) So I was like, no, it just died. So I took my two little fingers and I'm like pressing on its little mole chest. And I'm like, I can bring it back. I can bring it back. Turn away from the light, Uh, mole. (laughs) Don't go. You have so much to lose. You're only five months old. Uh, Yeah. I went and I put in a little section of the yard and I covered it up with like some grass and flowers because that's where I put all the animals that Ernie kills. He's a real menace to society. He is a real menace. So the other day I was out there and I heard that same screeching and I was like, oh my God, he's got another freaking mole. And I went and got it. Sure enough, it was a mole. This time I picked up Ernie and I was like, no. And I took him far away. I was like, I'm going to let the mole get away on its own. It got away. I was like, well, I couldn't save the first one, but at least I saved this one. Nice. So I go back inside. There's like a yard guy outside doing like seeding or like pest control or something like that. Um, He's just walking around. And I went out to go say something to him. And I noticed there's the mole dead on the ground right by the door. Oh my gosh. Fuck. I thought I I saved this mole, but I guess I didn't. So I pick it up. Natural causes. Yeah. So I'm bringing it and I'm walking past the guy. And I'm like, oh, like my cat just killed another mole. I have to go take it to my like mole graveyard that I have. And he's looking at it and he said, oh, is it like a little black and white kitten? And I said, (laughs) no, 
it's a mole. <laughs> and he was like, I meant the cat. <laughs> but why would he ask what color your cat is? Maybe he like, saw it. the mole. Because he, he, yeah, he saw the cat outside. And I said, I have to go put the mole away. And he was like, oh, is it a little black and white kitten? Put it away. I was like, no, I just said it it's was a totally mole. normal mole. <laughs> Do you have a black and white kitten that goes outside? It was Eloise. Um, oh, okay. She's not a kitten. She's just tiny. So people I think that. But what is wrong with my brain? That I was like, I literally just told you this was a mole. Why would you ask me if it's a kitten? My cat killed a mole. Oh, a kitten? <laughs> yeah. You see this like two inch thing? All right. So that's that. Oh, I had something funny to tell you, which was, so we, I've talked about my little neighbors before. They used to be nine and four, but I think they're 10 and five now. But Steven was like over there talking to their mom and some of her friends once. And the kids were like playing in the yard on the trampoline. And there was like a playlist going and there was some song that like had a lot of curse words. And the mom was like, oh, we can't listen to this. Uh, Chance is here. And who's the tiny one? So she stopped it. Chance the Rapper? No, her daughter, Chance, who's four. <laughs> but she put on um, she put on a rap version of Monkeys Jumping on the Bed. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, uh, can you regale us with that? No, I wasn't there. Steven was. He's the one who told me. But the older girl was like, oh, mom, can't you put on some real music? And she's like, no, Chance is here. We got to put on music for her. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it have to be a rap version? I guess because it was more in keeping with the vibe of the music they'd been playing before. Uh, I really want to know what that sounds like. I'll see if I can find it. I'll send it to you. Okay, everyone. Thanks for... Oh. Yeah. All right, peeps. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear even more about us and keep up with what we're up to, you can check us out on social media. Like... Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, where you can find us at Fire the Cannon Pod. And at Gmail, mm-hmm. we're Fire the Cannon Pod at gmail.com. And you can email us there and we'll respond. Yeah. If you email us, Jackie will respond to you. Listen, you can also go to Facebook. You can find us at Fire the Cannon Podcast on Facebook for some more updates. And additionally, if you would like to support us, we really want you to. <laughs> You can leave us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify, but also you can go to patreon.com slash Becca, do you know? Fire the Cannon. Patreon.com slash Fire the Cannon. Cannon is spelled C-A-N-O-N. And I also wanted to add too, I've recently made some updates to our Patreon page. So if you had looked at it before and you like weren't feeling sure about it or um, kind of undecided, which are the same thing. I don't know why I just phrased those as two separate things. Um, take another look at it maybe if you want, um, because I have updated the tiers and I've made them more attractive. <laughs> um so there are some new things and some better perks. For example, um, at the $10 level, you get a piece of Fire the Cannon merch. That could be like a tote bag or a t-shirt or a coffee mug or something. We haven't decided yet, but we have some really, really cute designs. Well, funny designs um, that I think would actually be really fun. So anyway, check out patreon.com slash fire the cannon because we've updated our Patreon tiers and rewards. All right. And it's Facebook. Is it still Fire the Cannon Pod or is it Fire the Cannon Podcast? It's Fire the Cannon Podcast. You just have to search it and you'll find oh, okay. us. I'll... All right, everyone. Okay. Wait, do I have to repeat it now? We hope you've... No, okay. no, we're good. We can just move on. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> okay, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and look forward to our bonus episode where Jackie wraps the verse she wrote for Lil Wayne. So you might get a preview of a future Lil Wayne song. Oh my god, imagine. (laughs) That makes me feel like I need to put a lot more 
in the verse now because I can't just have a bonus episode that's like eight seconds of me rapping. We'll have Theo on and he can critique it. I don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) I already sent it to Rachel and Theo in the chat and they both left it on red. Oh. I'm I'm commenting now. Oh, okay. And in the past. I told you I thought it was good. good. All right. Well, speaking of commenting, if you leave us a review, we will read it out loud on the air and you can say anything you want. Like you could say something like, I don't like that Irish president we have. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, if you say a slur, I'm not going to read it. But um, say something. We'll read it out. We'll be really excited to see that. So thanks, everybody, again. And we will catch you on the flip side. How about we all sign off by saying... Keep it lesbian. You've satisfied my desire (laughs) to have you listen to this podcast. (laughs) Let's say it on the count of three. Listeners, you have satisfied my desire that you listen to this podcast. That's too long. We can't do that. Wait, can we... (laughs) Actually, can we say... Go and be happy and remember me. I want to remind you of the good things. No, those are both (laughs) way too long. Okay, just say go and be happy, remember me. Pushing its luck. And don't, don't remember all the good things. No, just go and be happy, remember me. Becca can't remember any more than that. Her brain is filled with teeth. (laughs) (laughs) One, two, three. Go and be happy. Go and be happy. happy. Remember me. Remember me. Ooh, that reminds me of Coco. Oh no, now you're gonna cry. Yeah, that was a little creepy. I didn't think I liked that.